A.K.A. Responsible, proper, social distance shit-talking from spare bedrooms across exurban Atlanta. Welcome to the Godless Heathens Podcast, everybody. Thanks for listening. I'm Don. I'm Jeff. And I'm Jerry. This is a podcast by atheists that talks about a lot of things, not just atheism. We will challenge your assumptions and ours, too. Definitely not here to preach to the atheist choir, but to critique, ridicule, and poke fun at anyone, especially ourselves. So join us as we examine a crossroads of science and fantasy from the secular perspective. And remember, don't believe everything you hear in this podcast or anywhere else for that matter until you've independently verified it for yourself. In other words, duck, duck, go that shit. Science and fantasy, huh? Can see where this is going. <laughs> What's that called? Foreshadowing. Ooh. So episode 71. We want to welcome, officially, a godless heathen's welcome to Michelle Obama, who is starting her own podcast. Oh, man. Another podcast? We welcome her to the podcast family, and we do not consider her competition to us. We wish her nothing but the best. She's not doing an atheist podcast? She's not in the religious slash other category. (laughs) You know, I think she's going to be Spotify exclusive. Like Rogan. Ah, you know what? That's true. Two of the biggest stars that they've hired for podcasts are seriously on the opposite side of the spectrum. We need to talk to Spotify, see if we can get some... uh... I think that's a don't call us, we'll call you type deal. I wonder if she'll drink craft beer on her podcast. (laughs) Why don't uh, one of you start with what you are imbibing? Well, that's called a segue. (laughs) (laughs) Take a hint, Michelle. So what do you got there, Don? I'm having actually something that would pair nice with uh, liver and farva beans. <laughs> a nice Chianti. A nice Chianti, exactly, yes. Certain things are just ingrained. I can't hear the word Chianti without thinking of Hannibal Lecter. Cavalieri d'Oro is what I'm going with. I'm, I'm swinging and probably missing, but that's that's what I'm sticking out there. And you got a side of the liver and beans? No, no. That would be human liver, Jeff. Oh, to be correct, it was the liver of a census taker who pushed him. I mean, it's been a long time since I've seen that movie. I forgot all the details, obviously. So I'm drinking a Wild Heaven beer. They're one of the local Atlanta brewers. It does some special releases, and this one is called Haven Scent. Instead of Heaven Scent, it's Haven Scent. And this is a New England-style double IPA, IPA brewed with Azaka, Amarillo, and Citra hops. Amarilla and Citra I've heard of, but Azaka I've never heard of. So I'm going to have to get a book on hops to figure out what all those things do. Now, is that some sort of tie-in to New Haven, Connecticut? I don't think With the Haven? Oh, maybe, maybe, because it's New England. Never thought of that. Hmm. I don't think so. Probably not. It's probably tied into the Heaven, Haven, maybe. What do you got there, Jerry? I'm drinking a... Double fudge chocolate imperial stout from Monday night called Fistful of Cake. I've had that, yes. 
It is quite good. Yes. But I also need to <laughs> offer an apology. I lose some beer nerd points. Uh-oh. Because the last podcast, I cracked a beer and basically crapped all over it and said that it sucked. Wait, do we need to get you into the confession booth? This is. Okay. Too bad we don't have some church organ music. I <laughs> think Forgive me, Brewer, for I have sinned. <laughs> Child, what did you do? I took a sip of beer and prejudged it terribly. And it was a deep, complex beer. And I drank it too cold. So instead yeah, of letting it yeah. breathe and get to the proper temperature so it could express all the flavors, I didn't do any of those things. And I crapped all over it. And after the pod, I was like, hey, this really, did it really suck that bad? And I tasted it, and I was like, oh, my God, this is really good. Oh, <laughs> wow. I felt beer shame. Okay, so you need to say three hail hops, and you'll be forgiven. <laughs> my bad. I will not be hasty and prejudge. But you should be hasty and judge us with five stars on your favorite <laughs> podcasting app. And if you don't give us five stars, you can tell us why. At Twitter at Godless Podcast, our private Facebook group, which was offering up some... So, oh, maybe it was a different Facebook group that was offering up some saucy commentary. Or <laughs> drop us an email at godlessheathens at yahoo.com. Can I start with a rant? Sure. There is a consistent programming feature of social media, particularly these days, where you see someone going off. These days, a lot of them are about not wearing masks. There are a pretty big strain of racism ones. The whole Karen meme. This is people recording other people. Yes. Taping somebody basically being terrible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Terrible to, to criminal. I'm just focusing on the terrible. Okay. It is a good way for your side to dunk on the other side because normally you only watch the videos where it's somebody that you don't like being terrible it's like confirming everything that you think about them. Like, yeah, I knew those people were terrible. Look at this guy in that video. They probably do the same things to us. But a lot of people have been doing things on camera and immediately they get fired. Almost all the time, they're not at work. They're not even necessarily doing something that is a crime. They're just being a dick. They're getting fired and I don't dig it. Hmm. In all cases or... In some cases... Getting fired? No, deserve it. As far as it's not always no. deserving well, or always... Uh, I, I will say, I think there's a difference between deserved and whether or not it is the right thing to do across the board. Because I don't want to be fired for having a bad day. I don't want to be fired for something that's taken out of context. I don't want to be fired for something that I believe or a political position I hold, or a religion that I'm not. I don't want to get fired for those things. I also don't want to be on the clock 24 hours a day. Now, these people that get fired, like the guy in Costco who didn't wear a mask and just got right up in somebody's face, like menacingly. Now, was this the insurance guy? Yeah. The, the latest one? Yep. Not yet, because there was like two of them. There's a ton this of them. This is one that... that that happened outside, right? Uh, yeah, they happen. You know, they happen outside. Look, they they happen all over. Well, no, but I mean, the, the, the example I'm thinking of was was an insurance guy that got into some kind of you know got into somebody's face, but it was outside the store, and he got fired. Yeah, 
So, I mean, we need to kind of narrow in on one example, I think, just to kind of deep dive it. But this isn't like somebody calling the police on somebody for barbecuing while black or something along those lines. This is just somebody being just an all-around douche for no apparent reason Basically, on a just, Tuesday. Just being a douche. Not, not, a, not a racist douche, not a sexist douche, not a misogynist douche, just a douche. Because those things happen as well, too, and that's a different category. But somebody just being an asshole on a Tuesday because CVS, whatever. You're right. It is, it is a different category. The dog walker in Central Park lost her job. The guy she called the cops on is not going to cooperate with police so she could be charged. So even he had a limit. She already got fired. She got fired pretty immediately. And she did like dog training business or something like that? She was a financial executive. Oh, she lost an extremely high-paying job. But really, the, the amount of money you make shouldn't matter. Right, right. Getting fired is too easy. It's too easy, and you can bet it's going to be abused. All the people that do these things, you, you, are, you are just a douche or, or worse. Yeah. Well, it's like like you, you like you mentioned the woman in Central Park. Now, do you think she deserved to lose her job? You no, know, she called the cops and basically filed a false police report. So yeah. that seems like it's a it's a higher standard when you've done something that, that involves the police versus the woman in the grocery store that throws her stuff. I, I don't know which grocery store. There's a, a video bunch of a woman throwing her stuff on the grocery yeah. store floor just because of a yep. mask incident. Or the woman pulling all the masks off the rack, and then the cops get called on her. I don't know if those people should necessarily lose their job, but the the woman in Central Park, that's, like I said, a different category. Since this is an atheist podcast, I don't want to lose my job over religion or not. That's actually a big part, because that right should extend to everyone. These are, I'll paint a really broad brush, bad people or people that had a really bad day and it's on camera, or somewhere in between. Or, or really, really bad people that had a really, really bad day. I mean, you could, could have be. And, you know, if they're not like that at work, should they be fired for it? Okay, so here's kind of my take <laughs> on that. Oh, man, I'm looking forward to this because that was a heavy sigh. <laughs> well, because I've been pondering this for a while because, yeah, I, I understand the one side of it. Okay, so one, one thing that I'm thinking about is – so everybody has a bad day, okay? I've had bad days. I really get pissed off at people in the stores that don't have a mask and they're getting close to, you know, that kind of stuff. Yep. But I don't go off on them. I do have some self-control. I think a whole lot of, you know, shit talk in my head, but I don't feel that it's going to solve anything. <laughs> by... You're Dirty Harry in the movie that's playing in your brain. <laughs> it's playing, playing in my brain. <laughs> But, but I don't take out my three fifty seven. A couple feet away, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. So part of me is like you have to have some level of self control, and I'm, I'm primarily talking about like the mask situations. You know, the lady in the park. I think that's a that's a different discussion there. And then the other level of that that I think of is. I think that guy was an insurance salesperson, right? I don't know if he was just office only or if he dealt with customers, but if he deals with customers. That kind of shows to me that he doesn't have a real stable personality to be dealing with customers. No. No? No. But back to my previous point is, have you had those encounters? Have I? Have, have I? you? Have you? 
gone up to somebody and said, get your fucking mask on. Uh, uh, I, I have not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I have I've probably shouted that in my head more than a couple of yeah. times. And because everybody knows that, that you everybody's got a phone on them with the, with the video capability. So, I mean, I think that's part maybe part of the thing <laughs> that kind of triggers in my mind is like, I might feel better ranting, but somebody records that shit and posts it. Is that a win? But what does any of this have to do with your job? The other point I wanted to bring out is when you apply for a job, Part of that is doing background checks, correct? So they want to talk to your former employees. Sometimes they want to talk to personal references. They're trying to assess if there's any problems this person might present if they hire them on. You know, so why shouldn't that process continue if you find out after you've hired them that this person is a little bit unstable dealing with people out in public? Maybe this person isn't the best fit for our particular job. One strike and you're out. And the dividing line between work life and home life doesn't exist anymore. So you're on the clock 24 hours a day, seven days a week for your job, but you certainly aren't getting paid 24 seven. But if you do something, and these things could be seriously taken out of context as well, and it goes viral. It doesn't even have to go viral. Somebody can tape it and email it. And you get a call from HR. Hey, is this you? Yeah. It's not at all in sympathy with what they said or did. But that's a very slippery ass slope that you know eventually it's going to be weaponized. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, the powerless group that we occupy as non-religious, nobody got our back. Yeah. Nobody's got our back. All right. Yep. That part frightens me, as does always having to be on the clock. Because I may be having a bad day. Something happens and I snap at somebody. Even if I'm like, oh, can, can you can you move your cart? I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, I look, I, yeah. I, I don't do that. I try not to do that. So I would hire you. Yeah. <laughs> well, the <laughs> thing is, you're already hired. You could make two arguments on that. He's old enough to know better, or he's been doing this job for 20 years. And poof, your career is gone because you were a prick and somebody got it on tape. You could say, yeah, got what you deserved. But man, that's a pretty, can be a pretty harsh sentence that has little to do with how you perform at work which is how you used to get rated. Yeah. And, and like I said, I do see that side as well. And that's why I, I'm not settled on, on this one way or other, but I'm, I'm just thinking of different angles is like, there is some, some merit of consideration. It depends on the severity. If the person was violent towards the other person, that's definitely some, you know, somebody that you might not want working at your, at your business. It's almost like the person stigmatized and ostracized, almost like a criminal being convicted in the court of public opinion. What really kind of got me on this line of thinking was these videos seem to kind of run hot and cold. There'll be like three or four of them in a couple of days, and then you won't see one for a while, and they'll, they'll start popping up. But one of them posted, the person that posted it was like, you know what to do, Twitter, or Twitter, do your thing. And basically, they get doxxed in real time, worldwide. They're not always correct because there was a lot of outrage over the bicyclist in Maryland. That was about a month ago where he was basically attacking. Somebody passing out flyers and hanging stuff. 
Yeah, on a, on a fence. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. yeah. And basically, the Twitter mob said it was this cop, and this guy got trashed. His son got trashed. His son was a cop. They unearthed his entire record as a, as a cop. He was an officer, and he got slimed. Ah, hmm. but it wasn't him. It was somebody else? Hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the damage is already done. Totally. It's too late to... Yes. You can't put the genie back in the bottle. Where do I go to get my reputation back? Yeah. Can I speak to somebody in the Department of Reputation? Yeah. Good, <laughs> good luck. <laughs> we may need one of those. <laughs> but we shouldn't. It's not absolving people of bad behavior. But man, the price doesn't always seem to fit. The Karens of the world, the temper tantrum thrower and, you know, that gets caught on video should not be losing their job versus somebody that does something criminal or, or blatantly racist or something like that. Like I said, that's a bridge too far, uh, <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> to quote our favorite governor. A- again, foreshadowing. <laughs> Well, what if you're at Costco wearing a company T-shirt? If you're wearing a company T-shirt at Costco, they they probably do have a case to fire you. You are, particularly for, for big companies, you're representing the brand. You're, yeah. <laughs> they, they they will fire you. I want to be able to be an atheist and not get fired. Well, don't be a dick in public. <laughs> Y'all keep beating around the bush, but we had a professional atheist that stepped in it this week on Twitter. Couple of them. Yeah. He wasn't fired, though. For talking about Michael Sherlock. Michael Sherlock. Yeah, he had his hand slapped, but he was not fired for being a dick. His predecessor was. He had not risen to Silverman level of dickishness, or what? I thought he may have, but... Well, you're not on the board, Jeff. <laughs> you're not a, a voting board member at uh, AAI, so... Yeah, I, I think uh, their HR department, whoever's doing the interviewing, needs to do a little bit better job on vetting. This is like two for two in a matter of months, right? It wasn't that long ago that Silverman was let go. Yeah. And we're talking yeah. about Atheist and, Alliance and International. Yeah, we don't need to rehash the whole Silverman fiasco, but uh, if you know who Silverman is, you know the, the history. If you don't, look Google. it up. But we will leave a, a link to, to the whole Twitter thread for, for this uh, that, that we're referring to of, of, of Mr. Sherlock over, over this past week ago, where he got into a public kerfuffle with somebody and used some definite salty language. I, I, I will say it. He called somebody a cunt, and he said somebody was retarded. No, 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 no. He said religion was retarded, that, that religion was a retarded relic, to do a, a direct quote. He could have took the word retarded out. Religion is a relic, period. And and it's the same tweet. And it's, the whole thing goes without a ripple. That was the catalyst that started it, and it ended, yeah, uh, well, it didn't end, but it progressed to him calling her a cunt. I mean, do we want people like that as allies? Mm, yeah, I'm, I'm not Are just, they allies? Uh, well, they are. I mean, they they are atheists. They're an atheist organization. Well, and they're not they're not like a low key thing too. They're they got some connections in, with the United large Nations, international, yeah, with ties to the UN. Right. So it's not like some you know rickety rack kind of deal. I'm just going to read them off. Michael will be suspended from all AAI duties for a period of one month without pay. A final warning will be posted to Michael's employment record immediately and remain for a period of two years. This means any future repetition of such behavior. Oh, if he does any any such thing again. Yeah, so in other words, he's... He's on double secret probation. No, this is pretty standard by the book HR procedure. And I, I look, I give him credit for being so transparent about it. Yeah. Because okay. it is, arguably, this is, for this, you could say this is how it's supposed to work. You let somebody screw up, you give them a second chance, they screw up again, then they're out? 
When I managed a few dozen people at one point in my career, basically be a kind of a three-strike thing. You'd have a talk with somebody, and then be a written warning, and then a final written warning. Then a GTFO. The, and the final written warning is, if you do this again, you will be gone. And I'm out, obviously, I'm paraphrasing. I had to let people go that did that. And when you got to that point at this company, there wasn't anything anyone was doing. That was it. You were out. So was he a dick? He even says in this, he even says in this, he was an asshole in, oh, in the did. threat. He says, I, I am an asshole. Is he saying that in, in a, it's part of the job kind of a thing? That's, that's why they hired me is I'm kind of an asshole. Because that seems to be kind of the face that this organization wants to put out he there. Said, or did he do a public apology? Not that I'm aware of. Well, I've not seen it in his Twitter no, feed. The, so. the asshole quote was, direct quote, I am an asshole. I help people escape death, but the words I use define me. This objection to me is privilege manifest. People with real problems don't worry about me using the word retard. What a cunt. <sighs> So basically, I do so much good in my work. How dare you get in my face about these words? He, he's saying that he's putting so much on the scale on this side that, that it doesn't you even... Can, you can't even approach my level of goodness, Don. I help people escape death, but you are going to criticize me for the words I use? Who are you, small person? Isn't that kind of the vibe you get from that statement? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and by the way, I am going to be a dick about it when I say it. So doubling down in the, on the dickish part. Yeah, in more ways than one. And that's what I was saying. That's kind of like a, it's part of the job. It's kind of why I'm here. It comes with the territory. No, I read, I kind of read it as he's mocking anybody who's trying to police his language. Right. How dare you question when I'm doing all this good in the world? No doubt. No, no, no doubt. Well, and, 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 you know, that's the thing. So then people have a right then to choose whether to support such an organization or not. I would choose not to. I, I used to. Years back, I did support them. But I definitely question their um, trajectory right now. And which, by the way, the conversation gets sidetracked in the language angle. But if you are representing or your job is representing an atheist organization and your tweet is religion is a retarded relic, are you putting your best foot forward as an atheist? Are you representing the cause or is that the brand? Is that the brand of atheism that you're, you're, we're still like, like ripping on religion like that? Has that ever convinced anybody anything? What was the purpose of the tweet to begin with? Well, yeah, to shame religious people. Which How many religious people are following the president and CEO of, or whatever his title is, of Atheist Alliance International? Well, but, uh, you know, uh, David Silverman kind of used that same kind of aggressive tactic as well. Yes. And I never found that very useful to push the uh, secular agenda. But, you know, some people... The thing that he did was that was effective is he went on Fox News and he spoke to th that audience. He religious term preach to the choir right. he he would you know fox news would you know send a car for him and he would go and sit in their green room and, and eat their fruit basket and go on hannity and and talk for 10 minutes but he was talking directly to that audience that fox has right yeah the, the most famous phrase that came out of that was the tide goes in the tide goes out you can't explain that <laughs> yeah i mean you know so yeah i, I applaud him for that 
but that's what I'm saying. This tweet is what how many Fox News watching evangelicals are following his Twitter feed? Well, they're they're not they're not gonna. But even if you think that in your head, even if you agree with the sentiment after that statement, what's the next statement? Oh, man, you know what? You're right. I must be a real retard for being religious. Thanks for showing me the way. (laughs) (laughs) There's no next step. The next step is basically a punch. Then we're going to punch back. And I know that they are involved defending atheists in untenable situations for them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But but the spokesperson, and I don't know what position he held as... Executive director. Pretty high up there then. Yep. <laughs> he may be excellent at his job. He may be one of the best people to run an atheist organization in the world. I don't know. He's not good at Twitter. I, I know that much. I, I learned that last week. But there's another group that came onto my purview not that long ago called Atheists for Liberty. Sounds nice, doesn't it? Because who wouldn't be for liberty? Yeah, you're not for liberty. What are you, some sort of pinko commie? Do you not like freedom? Are you one of those mask-wearing sheep? (laughs) You don't like the red, white, and blue? What's wrong with you? So what's wrong with these liberty people? Well, it's interesting to me that, you know, that word liberty is used quite often by conservative Christian, conservative Republican. Like Liberty University? Like Liberty University would be a very good example. Okay. And so this is um, an organization that's very conservative, Trump-supporting mm, atheist group. I wouldn't go Trump-supporting. Uh, if you watch some of the videos from the guy that started this, yeah, he's pretty much on board for Trump, yes. They don't mention Trump in the official feed, though. Not in the official feed, no, but right. if you're conservative, what other choice do you have? And he uses the term uh, traditional liberal, too, which is the same thing. Dave Rubens uses that also. I'm a... Uh, traditional liberal. So you're a libertarian, you're conservative. Just admit it. I have a question for you then. Why does everybody bad get associated with Trump? Why can't they just be bad for what they think and Trump not have anything to do with it? Well, because they don't talk about Trump at all. They don't need to. How how do they not talk about Trump if they're conservative political? That's the one flavor in town. Well, and I'm saying once Trump is gone, this same ideology is going to continue on. And again, yeah, there's going to be somebody else that's going to step forward. But they have nothing to do with Trump. Nothing. Who doesn't? Atheists for Liberty. I can't believe I got to defend Atheists for Liberty. (laughs) Speaking on behalf of Atheists for Liberty today will be Jerry. I am not at all a fan. Not even a little. They are the type that mock wokeness constantly. They're like obsessed with wokeness. The anti-woke, right-wing... Cancel culture. Like, cancel culture is the worst thing in the world. They definitely are, and it might be it might be a he, are definitely on this string of right-wing... What they call Jordan Peterson? Intellectual dark web. Yep. Yes. Definitely yep. on that side of the ball. But they don't say nothing about Trump. They're horrible enough on their own. There's no need for guilt by association. They're guilty. They they suck on their own. They don't need association with anything suckier. The founder, Thomas Sheedy, belongs to, you know, many organizations that are definitely, like Turning Point USA is a prime example. 
uh, well, and National Raf Rifle Association, you know, the, that are in an American conservative coalition. So he belongs to many organizations that are definitely pro-Trump. So he belongs to a bunch of right-wing organizations. He just happens to be an atheist. Yeah, and and I have no problem with with that because you know, uh, as we've discussed before, atheism is just simply a lack of yeah. a belief in God. He's okay. providing a soft landing spot for the conservative atheists. <laughs> well, and you know, and I know there's a bunch out there. We've had some people that kind of trickled yeah, in and yeah. trickled out of our group that were atheists, but Trumpers, atheists that were libertarians. And we got them out. Got them out of the group. <laughs> well, they kind of self-deselected. <laughs> I, I knew somebody, and uh, he reached out to me on Facebook. I was like, mm, okay. So I approved his friendship, but I, I, I went ahead and, and sent him an invite to the group as well, too. And he ended up leaving. He was like, he goes, I'm down with, with the religion angle of it. He goes, I just can't deal with the politics. I'm like, all right. So long, snowflake. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you know, I personally identify as a as a humanist and you know, under that category, a lot of those kind of Trump ideals or Republican ideals, Republican Party as it stands right now, don't fit under that. But that's that's me. So this Thomas Sheedy obviously has a different take on on that. I'd imagine he doesn't call himself a humanist. What if he's got just a different take on politics? Well, that's what I'm saying. Why shouldn't we be allies because they are non-religious atheists just like us? I know why. Oh. To quote Jeff, when he checks all the boxes, he only checks one Only box. one, right. And exactly. there's all these other boxes that those he ain't checking. progressive Christians check. So I guess that, that box is very important to Jeff you, huh? That Jeff also huh. checks. So it's all about the boxes. Mm. It's, apparently, the, the which box? Not boxes. It's just which box? Hmm. He clicks one box. Well, and it's just like Richard Spencer claims he's an atheist, so I'm not going to promote him as like, yay, atheism. The spinoff podcast is going to be called They Claim Themselves to Be with Jeff. Because <laughs> they're not. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody who, like, you don't disagree with, that's who they claim to be. You're not really one no, of us. <laughs> I, I'm certain that he's an atheist, just like Richard Spencer is probably an atheist. That's like Donald Trump is probably an atheist. No, no, no. He, he doesn't. He he's he doesn't care. He's an apatheist. All right. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Okay. Bad example. But you know, it's, it's like with this Tomashidi. I'm sure he doesn't believe in a god. That's fine. But the rest of the stuff that I'm in favor of, he seems to be opposed to. So uh, so I don't, I don't feel like I have to align with him. Their elevator pitch is free speech, free thinking, freedom for all. Who could not want that? Well, yeah, but that's what the conservatives, the Republican Party is saying that same exact thing. And, you know, their definition of those things is a whole lot ah, different than mine. That's different. Because, by the way, I believe in free speech. I believe in free thinking. I believe in freedom for all. Now, my version of that and their version of that eh, might be a little different. Right, exactly. I think the biggest difference would be who the all is. Because I think to them, a lot of times, the all is all of us, not all of everybody. You know what I mean? Could be. Oh, I notice who else is uh, on the board of advisors is is Peter Bogosian, which for who? For the Atheists for Liberty. Ah. And I got big problems with with him. Michael Shermer, I've got some issues with also. 
He is he an advisor? He, he's an advisor well? also. Seems to be a pretty much a non-diverse board of directors, but whatever. They get to you, pick Wait, and wait. You know how you know that? Because I'm looking at their pictures. They're an atheist group. <laughs> so it's a bunch of old white guys. <laughs> stereotype. Uh, it's not a stereotype. Absolutely what? not. I thought that's what you were kind of alluding no, to. No, not a stereotype. Speaking on behalf of a podcast made up of three right. old white guys. <laughs> <laughs> but that is one of the consistent complaints about, quote, the movement. It's overwhelmingly white and overwhelmingly male across the board, at least in leadership positions. Yeah, but if you look at American Humanist Association, that's quite a bit more diverse over there. That would be the humanists and not the atheists. Well, humanists, they're atheists as well, primarily. Not entirely, but primarily. You can be a Christian humanist. Could be a vegan rancher. What do you, what do you, <laughs> uh, yeah, you could be a Christian humanist. Can't you? Yeah, I would say like our friend Pastor Barber is a Christian humanist. He is not. Hmm? Now, I can't believe we're going to have to go down. You, we're going to have to go down this road every podcast <laughs> until you get over the fact that your favorite Christian is an evangelical Christian. Proud. Well, he... <laughs> wears it on his sleeve. He is unapologetically evangelical. Well, he's trying to reclaim that. No, no. That. He is. He is. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to hit repeat. I'm going to hit repeat on this he conversation. He claims to be, Jerry. He claims to I be. I am not. <laughs> he is an evangelical, and you can't stand it. You always try to give him outs, but he doesn't mm -hmm. want them. He is no. He is loud and proud about it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But I'm just saying. That, so the denomination he's part of doesn't call themselves an evangelical church. So whatever. Are uh, you gonna make me duck duck go that? Yeah. United Church of Christ. They, you know, look it up. They they don't call themselves an evangelical church. I would just defer to, <laughs> to the expert. He is quite public about his evangelicalism. I understand his use of that too. You know. Evan, uh, evangelize. I, I forget that the root of that is like a Latin word. Tom, that means where are, good news. Where are you when we when we need you, Tom? Yeah, we need to get him on here. But it's it's good news, and so for him, good news is Jesus came for the poor and for the uh, the oppressed. That's his good news. So you know, he's just re re attributing that word. So you have more in common, basically, with an evangelical preacher than you do with the Atheist for Liberty. A United Church of Christ Evangelical. That, that wasn't yes. the comparison. You don't get to, you don't well, get, you don't get to change I... the comparison. <laughs> I just did, Jerry. And, and by the way, as your friend, I'm here to tell you, it is okay for you to be 100% down with an evangelical Christian minister. It is okay. You don't have to rebrand him. He doesn't need it. You well, don't have to believe you, in God, but he is an evangelical, and you are a fan. It's 2020, Jeff. <laughs> you can come out of the closet, Jeff. You can like an evangelical minister. <laughs> we look forward to the documentary about your bravery. <laughs> As speaking of more traditional evangelicals, Andy Stanley, Ooh. local megachurch. That was smooth. It just was. slid right you in there. You know what? Spotify is like calling. Butter. Spotify, hey, we just heard that transition. That was Michelle Obama-like. Let's talk. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, and that's because I, I just popped my second beer uh, for oh. Monday night called I, I Want to Dance with Somebody. But anyway, yeah, Andy just came out and he like one off Brian Kemp, our governor. One up, one upped. One upped. What did I say? One up? Yeah. <laughs> one up. It's a second beer, Jeff. Second beer is going to do that. Andy Stanley just killed the governor. <laughs> <laughs> he just offed him. So anyway, Kemp has never wanted to come out and mandate mass. He calls that a bridge too far. The godless heathen's favorite megachurch pastor, Andy Stanley. What impressed me this this week was he made the call to not do in-person church, I think he said for the rest of this year. Yeah, for all of the year. All of the year, because he just does not feel he could do it safely to ensure the safety of his parishioners and give them the experience they want. So they're going to continue to be on online. And it's like, hats off to that dude. I mean, there's a lot of conservative churches around the area that are going to probably continue to meet in person. But he took a stand that science, I think he even said in, in the interview on CNN, that he's kind of referring to, uh, re- re- deferring to, you know, the medical experts on that. It'd be nice if the government would take a similar approach. Yeah. Deferring to science. Follow uh, this evangelical. So it's not I'm, you know, I'm not entirely on board with them. I absolutely not. But no. But I mean, in this in this case is like good for him. He's not one. I'm, I imagine his his the right. people to go to his church are not going to be most of the ones that would be anti-maskers. No, I don't think he's going to lose a large percentage of his following. Well, and he may have some. He may lose some people in his congregation. You know that were more right-leaning, but I think all in all, they're going to be fine. Well, honestly, give credit where credit's due. When the friendly atheist and probably your atheist social media feed is full of stories of churches being super spreaders, and and as much as the criticism is real and deserved, you can't help but feel sorry for some of these people, even though sometimes, you know, honestly, it can be kind of hard. He just came out and did it. Good for him. Very publicly. Yeah, not even under the radar. Yeah. If you want to be cynical, you can say he has the digital footprint that will allow a seamless transition. And by the way, good for him because he was set up for this. Some other places would really have to scramble. It could be out of convenience, but it could be also out of straight up preparation. And we're as a community, we're not going to be served well by his church meeting every week because we need to to do everything we can to slow the spread right yep. especially here in georgia you probably and i know you guys do think about the virus and and its toll probably way more than you should oh my god it's like almost <laughs> every second of the day you're talking to somebody that listens to the This Week in Virology podcast. So That's true. Yes. Know your audience. Which is longer than our podcast. <laughs> yeah, like two, three hours. But especially here, we're not doing anything about it. That part gets me down. All the craziness, political craziness, and uh, we got to open the, what was it? What was the quote? We got to open the schools no matter what the science says. I mean, that's... Science should not stand in the way of this, opening the schools. Who was it that said that? Was that was... Um, Katie Lee McEnany. McEnany, yeah, the press secretary in today's little presser thing. 
Yeah, and she was reading from her little book, okay? So it's not like she was just doing this off the cuff. This was not an impromptu answer to a question. This was part of her prepared No, statement. no, you do have to know that she doesn't answer questions. Well, uh, it's not really a press conference. No. It's a bunch of reporters asking questions and her making statements. Yep. She is ready for everything they say. She doesn't answer she doesn't care what the question is. She's going to get a mini speech or talking points out. Oh, she's ready every for it. Single every, every single time. And yep. this was one of them. But, I mean, that kind of says it all right there. Is is so, And we've known that because, you know, the Trump administration has come out and pretty much attacked Fauci. Not pretty much. Straight up. Straight up. Yeah. Straight up. No ifs, ands, or buts. Pence the other day when he was in Louisiana, what was the thing he said there, too, that we're not going to let the CDC, I'm paraphrasing, but pretty much that we're not going to let the CDC stand in the way of opening schools either. So basically, whatever guidelines they have. Yeah, we're not going to let the CDC guidelines basically stop schools from opening. Fortunately, there are schools, ours locally here, yeah. um, Cobb County schools, that have said, fuck you. That was their official statement that came out on company letterhead? Yeah. But that's not enough. No, no. The really sad and kind of pathetic part is, like, that's seen as some kind of victory. I don't want to understate it. It is a victory. It's a victory for teachers who... For sanity. ...who don't want to risk, who feel like they could be risking their lives. It's a victory for parents that don't want their kids to potentially be exposed. It's a loss for those same parents who now have to do another God knows how long of teaching at home and not being able not being able to go to work. I think the stress is gonna is if it's not already, it's gonna make people freaking snap, man. Yeah, but they have to understand that, you know, who is to blame in this? Well, no, uh, no, no. They don't they don't they don't they don't have to understand shit. All right. <coughs> what, uh, what look, it's easy for it's way easier for all of us to talk about it because we don't have to deal with that. I, I'm on conference calls with people all day, and I hear kids constantly. And mm -hmm. at least in August or September, they went back to school, and you could focus on being an adult at work for some blissful, even though you didn't think it was bliss at the time, it's bliss now. Kids aren't going to be served well by being taught uh, online. Yeah, but the other side of that, and I thought about this quite a bit as well, is, okay, so if we were to send our kids to school, it was mandatory for everybody to mask up and socially distance and eat their lunches in the classroom. What kind of world is that as well? What kind of learning environment would that have been? I mean, it would have been surreal to have your teacher up there in front of a plexiglass screen with a mask on. Like in a hazmat suit. Well, maybe not that. We're not going to have that. But I mean, you know, if you can kind of picture that environment and then, you know, when it's time to go to the bathroom, only two or three of you can go at a time. I mean, and no after school activities. Is that really? Right. You right. know, back to normal. Is that really conducive? I probably have not made myself clear. It is a win not to have to pretend like the virus doesn't exist put kids on buses and put teachers at risk. That's going to be a gigantic clusterfuck. But the alternative sucks in similar, if not worse ways. And it's not going to end anytime soon. We are going to be cursed with this for years. If the strain doesn't just snap us all in half, 
we're not going to get out of this. Like things have to be done for people to stop getting sick and it's not being done anywhere. If anything, it's making the problem worse and worse and worse. We're not even blinking now at Texas and Florida with 10,000 plus a day. In any sane world, this would be a DEFCON 1 problem. But we're the anomaly. I mean, us in Brazil, right? I mean, there's other other countries. Per capita, we're way higher than than most countries. It's a range. There are places that don't have it, and there are places outside of Brazil and the U.S. that are that are seriously struggling. Just throwing so, out round numbers, we're basically 5% of the world's population, and we're basically 20, 25% of the world's deaths. It is easily... The worst. Yeah, absolutely. Beyond the the pale, we are the worst possible outcome as far as when you stack countries beside one another. So there are other countries, well, other countries, every country is doing better than we are. Is there any countries that are doing extremely well? What are they doing? Or are they just so small that it's easier? No. Europe is, uh, I got. I got an email from Icelandair today that is talking about 14 more countries have been added to the list that you can travel to Iceland without going into 14-day quarantine. Canada is one of them. We are truly the shithole country. We we are the shithole country. Yeah. Willfully so. Because we don't believe in science here. Well, it was Memorial Day, Jeff. Come on. It was Memorial Day. The pools were open. What do you expect? It, it, it can't be that simple, Jeff. It can't be that simple. That's a big part of it, yes. It's not that simple, no, but it's that is a part of it where, you know, if, if you distrust science and evidence, then that's not helping you. And we have a whole lot of fantasy-believing people, like the Q crowd is, is one prime example of that, of a, of a group that we, I think is probably far more broad than we would really like to realize. And that, yeah, I mean, that's the thing that makes me think this isn't going to be a short-term thing. Was it CNN was really touting the vaccine hope from this one company? Um, oh, that was gross. Uh, what's, that was what's, gross. What's the name of the company? Starts with an M, and I'm just drawing who, a blank on it. Who knows? And well, who anyway, but shit? I mean, you know, so we've done such a fantastic job on distributing test equipment and stuff in this country. So we think we're going to distribute vaccines effectively in this country. But Jeff, that that kind of talk distracts us from the now. It's like a almost, it's a COVID religion. All that the test and the science becomes a religion. Every study, oh, looks like they're making a breakthrough. Oh, you know, they got this one trial and it's really showing positive things. And by the way, all of them are fed by the comms department of Big Pharma. If I could take the word vaccine out of the English language, I would do it. Because if the concept of a vaccine wasn't so powerful, people would be a hundred times more outraged about the fact that we are living in a preventable disaster. Right. And I think that's part of the thing, too, is whatever this company is, they're kind of trying to say that we'll have even more evidence that we're on the right track by the end of summer. So that just kind of feeds the people that are, you know, anti-maskers or whatever is like, see, we don't have to really change course because we have hope coming. It feeds you, too. What? It, it, It absolutely feeds you because you, and this is not a criticism, you want this to happen. Well, I definitely, I think everybody wants it to happen. They want to get back to some kind of normal. 
Right. Uh, you know what? Interesting that you would say that because honestly, that's probably the difference because you and I are lockstep until this part because I, I think all the vaccine talk is a giant ass distraction. They're just to make people feel better and to goose stock prices. And because of it, we're not doing anything else. And that's my point, is that's what I, I don't like about all the, you know, trickling out these kind of little pieces of hope, because then people think that it's light at the end of the tunnel. Well, they don't realize that tunnel is a long ways away. And they also don't realize that since we haven't gone through all the different phases of uh, validation of vaccines, that could be a train coming at us. That could not be like a hopeful light. That could be a train. So yeah, I mean, you have to be kind of prepared. For- if it doesn't matter why do you listen to this week in virology <laughs> uh, well, i mean one reason i mean and the episode that i listened to today and i'll i'll put that in my recommendation could is it today in virology instead of this week because they could probably do a show every day we have the ability to stop the virus in its tracks now and we as a country as a state County by county are not doing it. You're talking masks? I'm I'm talking masks. I'm talking shutting down bars. I'm talking everything the science says we need to do now. And by the way, part of that is making sure that people don't go broke. Yeah, yeah. People don't lose their houses. People don't get evicted. Businesses... Don't go under because a landlord is like, fuck you. You have to pay rent even though you're forced to shut down. These are all things that countries have done and their policies that we could implement to assist the science and stop the virus in its tracks. But we won't do that. Because of liberty. And because we won't, it will never, ever end. We're doing the opposite of that. I mean, just for example, our state governor is suing the city of Atlanta for a mask mandate. The city of Atlanta wants to implement a mask mandate, and the governor's office is suing the city of Atlanta over it to stop them. So we have the ability to do it. We are choosing not to. But what's interesting, though, is there are Walmart just recently stepped up, and I think Kroger did also, where they're mandating masks in their stores. If you want to come in, you have to have a mask on, period. Yeah. Now, that, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out in, in you America. Know exactly, you know exactly how it's going to play out. And we're going to have more you know videos. Exactly more videos. We are. We're, not only are we going to have more videos, but those poor suckers making 10 bucks an hour. If that. Are going to get abused. Coughed on and... Abused. Mm-hmm. And the people who make that decision, which, by the way, which, by the way, is a good decision. Oh, absolutely. But the, the, other, the other rabbit hole is that corporate America now becomes basically the new de facto policymakers. That sucks, too. But that's the world we're in with Trump. No, and it's not Trump, though. Yeah, it is. Because if you think that it's going to end, if he's out of the office, whatever it is you're smoking, don't share it with me (laughs) because it would bum me out. (laughs) I think that this week in virology and all all these little dribs and drabs of good news are there just to distract us 
from the fact that, huh, this really isn't ever going away, is it? Hmm. Because, by the way, nothing is changing. What is it going to take for governors of Florida and Georgia and Texas and Oklahoma? Governor of Oklahoma has it. And he's still, oh, do you know what? Shit, I have it. Can't do masks. I went to the Trump rally. Couldn't have been from that. He was out and proud about not wearing wearing a mask. Mm -hmm. And he's been consistent about it. The other one that was interesting on that that just popped up was Chuck Woolery, who Trump retweeted just this last weekend, something like that, when Woolery was saying that science and the CDC are all lying to you. And now his son came down with it. And now he's saying, it's real. Yeah, Mick Mulvaney, too. Yeah, his, what, daughter or somebody? When somebody in his family, they, they have the come-to-Jesus moment when somebody in their family gets it. It's like, fuck you. You've already done your damage. Oh, and by the way, Herman Cain, uh, I don't know if he actually ever did his own tweets. Somebody has taken over his account, if so. Right. He is still in the hospital. He is not tweeting. They haven't sent a picture of him in a bed at, at the time of our recording with him being thumbs up. Right. But you could fill social media with these stories, and I don't think it's going to make a difference. First of all, because the social media feeds of the people who need to see it aren't going to see it. And two, I don't think it's going to matter to them. I don't think they're going to care. So even seeing Herman Cain dying from the virus after he went to a Trump rally without a mask, that's not going to make people think, hmm, maybe no. masks are no. beneficial. No, where, where are they going to get the obit? They're going to get it from Ben Shapiro, or they're going to get it from Fox, and it's going to be a tragedy that a great conservative died. They might Martyr to the throw cause. in the end that he, that he, you know what? He could have died of pneumonia. He could have died of congestive heart failure or kidney failure. I mean, he's, he's not a young man. Jesus called him home. Right. Hey, what's the lieutenant governor of Texas say? Hey, old people. Hey, you know. We know they die. Patriots are good patriots. Move on for the economy. They're not going to see the same treatment of his death as you are. Not even close. So I think we all thought maybe by now it would be over. Oh, no, I never thought that. Did you think it would be getting worse? No, I never thought that. I thought we would have kept it tamped down. You know, it wasn't going to make the virus disappear. It was going to kind of keep it mitigated so that our healthcare system could take care of those in need. And during that time, we would come out with therapeutics that would help Uh, minimize... No, 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 never, never, ever a promise. That's your hope. Yes, but they have found some therapeutics that have helped mitigate or or reduce some of the deaths. So, yes, I mean, as you learn more about a novel virus, you're going to have that. I remain shocked. It's like the Bible for you. (laughs) Like these therapeutics... They're not a thing. They're, they're not a thing. I'll go this far, Mr. Atheist. We are not solving this with science. We are going to solve this with behavior. There's not going to be a magic drug. There's not going to be a therapeutic. There's not going to be some giant scientific eureka moment. No, there's no magic pill that's going to you know, eliminate deaths. No, but they are finding methods and some medications. No. Yes, well, they but, are. But, but, yeah, but... Jeff, you have to stop people from getting it. Well, yes, yes, everybody agrees with that. No, no, everybody does well, not agree no, with that. Well, no, that's true, that's true. Clearly, 
Right, right. Because all it would but take we, is be wearing we, a mask. If everybody wore a mask. That would that would be the biggest thing that would knock it down. Right. But we're not doing it. Worst case scenario, they never come with a vaccine. There's never anything. And it just it has to run its course through society. Certain number of people will catch it and they will never show a symptom. Certain people will catch it. They will get sick and they'll survive. Certain people will catch it and they will die. And there's certain percentages and those percentages being what they are. And it just has to run its course. Then what? By doing what we're doing, trying to tamp it down, the whole idea is to keep the hospitals from being overwhelmed. As the science gets better, then you have a higher survival rate. Interesting that you, that you said the main motivation was to keep the hospitals open. Hospital companies are making mondo profits. Mm, I don't know about that. They're, they're not able to do elective surgeries, which is where they make their amount of profits. Right. But the whole, hey, we need to do it for the hospitals. You need to do it for every small business in your neighborhood. Well, the you whole need thing. To do, yes. You, yes. You know, but, it's not, but it's not the whole thing. Because it, because the whole the whole thing and the way, way it has been communicated, or at least was early, is that we can't have the hospitals overwhelmed. And the hospitals in New York City got overwhelmed, and they weren't overwhelmed anywhere else, which got that whole kind of, hey, take a picture of your hospital. Hey, they told us that we needed to keep the hospitals clear, and in the meantime, they decimated small businesses everywhere else, and kids can't go to school anymore. So the whole hospital part, after that's over, now what? That's kind of what fostered, I think, in some ways, the whole culture of disbelief and the whole reopen the economy. But, but if you don't do anything to try and slow down the spread and hospitals are just a, you know, a morgue situation where they're stacking bodies like cordwood, then schools are a secondary thought at that point when, when people are dying at that high of a rate. Schools and businesses. The, the only reason they're even talking about opening the schools is because to get more parents out of the house and back to work. Uh, yeah. Okay. I'll give you, I'll give you a different All reason, right. though. Kids that, kids that aren't in school, mm -hmm. um, parents are much less likely to vote for an incumbent. Why? Because my kids can't go to school and I can't go to work. And I'm going to blame the person, who, the president, who let this happen. Okay. Because it is all... For them, about politics. You think they give a shit? On that note, what book you're reading? <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I just I just downloaded one on hops because I want to find out what hops give what characteristics to beer because I still want to live in the fantasy land of 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 beer. You're off brand this week in your reading. You're gonna turn into a hops farmer. You're gonna have ah. like DIY hops in your backyard. I don't know if I have enough sunlight back there. I think they need a lot of sun. Do you have another podcast of Palooza for us, Jerry? I'll give you a recommendation that was given to me okay, a long time ago, and then it was just re-upped a little while ago, and that's uh, Afterlife on Netflix. <laughs> I hear it's really excellent. <laughs> I hear it was recommended, and I it was, it's one of those Netflix things that's like, I really should watch that, just never have. But now I will, because it has been highly recommended for an extended period of time. I'm going to watch it. Okay, so by next podcast, you're going to give us a full breakdown of episode number one. 
By the way, the recommendation I got, you got at the same time. So this isn't just a me yeah. thing. I'm expecting reports from both of you. Yes. What, on the hops? You want to no, report on No, no, on Afterlife. No, on Afterlife. Oh. By the next oh, podcast. Re- oh, okay. I, want, I want both of you at least through season one. Oh, jeez, that's a commitment. Six episodes, 30 minutes. I'm requesting three hours of your time in the next two I weeks. will happily be the TV guy. You can still be the book guy. Yeah, you do that. I'll do me. The Secular Student Alliance is having a virtual conference. It's coming up the 22nd through the 25th of July this month. Free registration. I don't even want to start because I know I'll leave out somebody, but they have a really high level of speakers that they've got lined up for a virtual atheist conference. So if you haven't been to one or if you haven't been to one in a while. Real atheists or atheists for liberty? Yeah, no, I don't believe I don't believe anybody I don't from think that guy's atheists for here, liberty no. is going to be like, it's free to register and three-day conference. By all means, check well, that and out. And let me say this. The, the title of it was just for Jerry. Uh-oh. It's called Envisioning a Better World. <laughs> you should just call it Triggering Jerry. <laughs> triggering Jerry. <laughs> Tired of being triggered. I don't want to be on the clock 24-7, and I don't want to be triggered 24-7, damn it. But, yeah, definitely I would tune into that thing. Yeah, I'm looking I- I'm forward sure to that. I'm sure they're going to record really cool. the sessions, too. So if you can't watch live, I'm sure they're going to. I'm sure they're going to show Jeff, up on YouTube Jeff, after the fact. You know, it's it's a conference. Mm-hmm. I know that you, you are also the YouTube guy. Oh, yeah. You, you should try and watch this live and commiserate with your fellow people trapped at home. You should live tweet it, Jeff. You should live tweet the conference. Uh, I, I'm not a big Twitter person. Are you, do you, are you not concerned about your brand? What? I have a brand? Yes. What's, what's my brand? The fact that you don't know you have a brand is your brand. I didn't know I had a brand. <laughs> Book reader brand. Right. But we'll see you all in two weeks. If the world doesn't end. Yeah, if we're still here in two weeks.